Andrew. It's good to see you. It's good to be here. It's, uh, it's one of those weeks when I was sort of like, well, I don't know if we'll be here or not for sure. Um, you just never know when a baby's going to come, do you? Uh, but it's good to be here. It's uh, great to have a team that is willing and ready and able. That uh, I sort of said to Mike, so uh, if we have a baby, if I ring you at nine o'clock this morning, it's like, you're up, mate. He's like, yep, no worries. <laughs> uh, it's good, good to be in church together. And I, I, I just... Uh, I just want to say welcome this morning. Um, you know, God loves you. God knows the plans He has for you. He knows everything about you, and He cares about you. Um, I thought our, the message last week from Pastor Nick was just such a great message. I was so tempted this morning just to say, sorry, we're just going to put the podcast on now and listen to that again. Um, actually, I've, I've listened to it twice again this week, just because I really want to be a person of, who, who never loses the wonder of what Jesus has done. Um, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't heard that message, to go back and listen to it. Uh, talking about being self-feeders, people who, who feed ourselves in God's Word, um, to open it daily and to be prayers. Uh, I just loved his, his, his analogy of when we, when we feed ourselves as we, as we enjoy His Word through the week, we come together and we just have like an after-dinner mince party on Sundays. That sounds so cool, doesn't it? Um, if you weren't here, you've got to hear that point he made last week about re- and rediscovering the wonder. If you feel like you've lost some of that wonder that you first had about who Jesus is and what he's done when you first became a Christian, maybe you feel like your excitement and your joy in him has, has decreased, then I want to encourage you to, 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 to be encouraged that you can rediscover that wonder of Jesus again. You know, next week we've got a, another guest speaker coming, Pastor David Manning from One Pond CRC is going to be here and um, I'm sort of hoping we're going to be here but I'm sort of hoping we're not. Um, so I'm, I'm torn, I, I emailed him the other week and sort of said, look, I'm really hoping to be there but I'm also hoping not to be, uh, so I'll listen to the podcast if I miss it but uh, David Manning's a, a great guy, he's been in Geelong for a long time and yeah, just had a great time connecting with him over the years, a uh, uh, more experienced uh, man of God who's just really encouraged me and, and blessed me and I believe he will bless you next week, so don't miss out, be here, unless you're having a baby and you've got an excuse. Anyway, this morning uh, we're going to finish our series looking at our CFC core values. These are the things as a church and a hundred years from now we don't want to deviate from these things. We want to uphold and proclaim biblical truth always. God's word is our foundation, it's our authority and we never want to leave that. Number two, that we value and protect the sanctity of the whole body of Christ. The church has been set up by God. Jesus came to establish his church and we want to value it and understand the sacred, holy nature of his church, that we protect it and and work for the unity of it. And number three, that we be lovers of God, proclaiming the love of God with every opportunity that we have. And this morning I want to focus in particular on that last last, uh, phrase in number three, proclaiming the love of God. I just want to pray right now before we start. God, we thank you for your plans for us. God, we are. Well, we, we can't comprehend the amazing thing that you have done for us. God, we can never fully grasp the depth and the height, the width of your love, Lord. Lord, as we fail you, as we are unfaithful at times, Lord, your word tells us that you remain faithful. Lord, if we deny you, then. 
you will deny us. But Lord, when, as, we, as we stumble, as we, as we struggle at times, that Lord, you remain faithful. Lord, I just pray that for every single one of us here today, whether we've been in church for years and years or it's, today's our first time or if we haven't yet fully decided if, if we understand and believe that you are our Saviour and God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would bring fresh revelation of who you are, that, Lord, we would understand the depth of your love, that, Lord God, we would be so excited to know you, to just let you speak through us to the world around us about your love. Lord, we just pray that you would help us to be the church that you so desire us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before I read the Bible, I want to ask, uh, I wonder if you remember the first time you ever fell in love. And now, I know love is not just a feeling or an infatuation, but do you remember the first time you fell in love? I was sitting on the floor in kindergarten with my legs crossed, my backpack on my back. I'm sitting there and I'm looking forward, I don't know if I've time to show this story before. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting in kindergarten and I think it was the day we were going to school as a, like an orientation session. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking forward, but suddenly all I can see is this little girl in front of me with, a, is, is it called a bob cut when it's like all this sort of length all the way around? And she's had beautiful hair, she had this beautiful green backpack on with big bright eyes that were looking straight at me. I knew it was just a sign that in, inside she was just look, looking straight at me and I fell in love. Anyway, mum tells me that that, that orientation day, I, I was really looking forward and excited to school, and, uh, but after that orientation day, I didn't want to go to school anymore, so I'm not sure if that explains what happened that day or how that went. Um, you will never know. Um, anyway, I'll leave that story there. <laughs> I wonder if you remember the first time you fell in love. You know, sometimes when we fall in love, I think we're the last person to know. Did you realise that? When someone falls in love, it's like it's written across their forehead, I'm in love. It's like their, their face just changes, doesn't it? And you, you hang around with someone who's fallen in love, you start hearing all these stories about this person, and you're like, why are you always talking about this person? And you start to realise, ah, I think I know what's going on here. And you know that feeling like when, you, when you're a teenager, maybe you start to realise you're telling all these stories about someone and you realise, oh, whoops, I've got to like hold back on my passion here. It's like I'm getting a bit excited. I'm telling too many stories about, oh, I was talking to this person the other day. It's like every time you, you tell a story, you start to tell a story, it's about, oh, I was, I was hanging out with this person the other day. And you're like, oh, whoops, I should just calm it down here, calm it down. It's like when we fall in love, it's like it's what we've, we've got I'm in love across our forehead and our words just we just continually speak words of, 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 of declaring that to people around us, whether we realise it or not, quite often, I think. I remember when Rochelle and I were discovering and exploring what our future was going to look like and we were spending a lot of time together and hanging out at young adults. I think um, there's a few people that sort of said, yeah, we, we, we knew. It's like, yeah, he did not. You couldn't have. <laughs> did not. It's like it was probably written right across my forehead in particular, maybe, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> when we're in love, okay, some people are nodding very vigorously right now. <laughs> when we're in love, people see it, people know it, it's undeniable. You know, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says this, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. 
You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Now there's a challenge and a a sobering reminder for us. If our desire is to proclaim the love of God always, we need to know, number one, that what we love is obvious. NIV translation says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I wonder, what's our heart saying today? In our lives, what is our mouth declaring that our heart loves? That may be a bit of a, a, a checkpoint for us this morning to sort of say, what is my mouth saying? What are, what are the words that are coming out of my mouth declaring about the love of my heart? What are the words I, I speak saying about the condition of my heart? It's a bit of a sobering check sometimes to think, what are, what are the things that just continually pour out of my mouth? What is it that I can't stop talking about? What are the things that truly in my heart is in abundance? What does it reveal about us? You know, I love my family. I, I, I love going to the beach. I love going for bike rides. But more than anything, I want everyone in my life that knows me to know that the greatest love of my life is my Saviour and King, my God in heaven. I don't, I don't want people to just know me as that guy who loves bike riding. I don't want to be just that guy who, who has a huge family. I don't want to just be that guy who uh, likes going to the beach and hanging out with people and he's kind and nice, well, hopefully kind and nice, but I want to be a person that people know that, that, that the deepest part of me is a love for God, a love for my Saviour, Jesus Christ. But I wonder, what are the words of our mouth declaring about us? A little while ago, I I just felt challenged that if someone walked into our home, I wonder, would they see anything around our home that would make them realise that we were lovers of God? I wonder, if someone walked into your house, they walked through the front door, they walked around your house, they came in, they had a meal with you, they had, had a cup of tea, and hung around for a little while and they left again, would there be anything in your home, in my home, that would make them just, would there be any little signs that say, hey, this person loves Jesus, this person knows God, this person is passionate about God. And at that point, I I felt totally compelled to put up some verses and some things around our house that would, you go to the toilet, you see a verse, you see a Bible verse, we want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. I wonder, is there anything around your home that would indicate to someone that, hey, this person's a follower of Jesus? I wonder, in your life, day by day, as you go to work, go to school, go down the street, is there there things that we say or do that would indicate to those around us that the abundance of our heart is a love for God? I wonder, as you post things on Facebook or whatever social media thing you use these days, um, do, do we just post about the latest self-help thing, the latest great thing we've done, the greatest scenery we've seen lately? Or do we, do we share the abundance of our heart? Is the abundance of our heart a love for God and, a, and a, a desire to let His praise be known? 
And I, look, I don't put up things on, on social media all the time about my love for God, but when it comes to Easter and times when I feel like I just have to put something up about my love for God, I, I want to do that unashamedly. I want to do that um, boldly. When you go to work, you, you see the people you see every Monday. I wonder, what do you say when people say, what did you do on the weekend? Do you say, oh, I just did a bit of gardening and, yeah, not much else, mowed the lawn. Or do you say, oh, yeah, did some, did some gardening, went to church, heard this amazing speaker and uh, my life was... No, 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 I mean, I just got to say that because I can't say that. Anyway, sorry, that was awkward. Um, <laughs> Maybe you, 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 do you talk about the fact that you go to church on Sunday. I don't want to just skim over that. I, mean, people, I, I intentionally ask people, how was your weekend? And hope that they ask me. I get to talk about these amazing people I hang out with every Sunday morning. You guys. And, and, and do we unashamedly talk about our faith? Do we, is it flowing out of the abundance of our heart? And I want to ask you, if it's not, Maybe it's a point to check our heart and say, what is the abundance of our heart? What is number one in our heart? The second point I want to look at this morning, if our desire is to proclaim the love of God, then number two, let's continue to grow in our understanding and knowledge of His love for us. I think Nick talked about it last week, that if we aren't continuing to grow in our understanding of God, we're, we're stagnating. If we're not continuing to rediscover the wonder of Jesus day by day, we, we get stale. It's like a... Um, actually, I think it was a dream I had the other night. It was, a, it was a, a, like a lake, but there was only water just sitting stagnant and there's, there was no movement of water. It gets stinky. <laughs> and God wants us not just to become a, a stagnant, stinky pool of... I gave my life to Jesus yesterday, He wants it to be a, a flowing river of new life in our life. He wants us to continually be receiving from Him, understanding again from Him, having fresh revelation from His Word as we spend time with Him, that we would be changed day by day, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. If we want to proclaim the love of God, we need to continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding of His love day by day by day by day, year by year by year. We will never fully understand the depth and width of His love. But let's continue seeking Him out, continue digging into His Word. Maybe you want to sign up for Bible college and do some, do some subjects by audit or, or, or maybe you need to do something to change the routine. Nick talked about not getting static in our, our walk with God. Maybe you need to do something to inject some new enthusiasm and, and help you continue to grow and in your understanding and knowledge. If we just keep doing the same things as we always have done... It's easy to stop growing in the same way. Uh, when I used to train in, in the gym as an athlete, I was, I was, you'd always be doing different routines because you didn't want to just train the body to do one thing. You've got to change it around. You've got to, 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 to grow the muscle. You need to do things in different ways so that you can fully develop as to, in this sense, how God wants us to grow. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 says this, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear that if people speak against you, you'll be sh they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. 
Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. I wonder what's our life saying about us? What's What's our life saying? Are people looking at your life and, and if they accuse you of something, are they ashamed for, for accusing you of things when you're living a life of honour and, and, and a life of response to God's love for you? I wonder, are, are we allowing the, the, the gospel to truly affect our lives day by day? What's our life saying? If we want to proclaim the love of God, we need to look at our life first of all. And say, God, help me to become a, a true follower of you who declares your love by the way I live and by the way I walk, by the way I talk. What's our life saying about us? And this morning, if you're struggling, if you know you've been struggling to live a life that honors God, praise God there is forgiveness. There is, there is strength in God that you can be changed, that you can be transformed. And God doesn't look at your past. He wants to help you with your future. But let this day be a day where things turn around. What's our life saying about us? Are we ready to explain the hope that we have? Are we ready to explain the hope that we have? If we are living a life that is, that is different to the world, if we are living a life that is truly affected by the love and, and, and gospel of Jesus Christ, people may come to you and say, what is it about you that gives you hope? I know you go to church, I know you, you do these things, and my life is a mess right now, and I want to know what it is that you guys believe in, because I, I, I need something. Do we have an answer for that person? Could we explain the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? I, I pray that we can. I hope that we can. You may only have five minutes to explain the gospel. What do we include? What do we not include? It's it's a huge thing. We have a whole Bible full of the gospel and there's so much more we can discover and explore about it. But do we know the gospel well enough to explain it to someone else? I just want to really briefly, we could spend the whole message on this, but really briefly look at five points of the, of the gospel that I want to encourage you to use if someone ever asks you. Number one, it's about God. We need to understand that God made the world and it was good, it was perfect, it was as it was meant to be. God made the world, He loved it, and it was perfect in His eyes. But then, we've all sinned. We've all disobeyed God. Sin entered the world, it brought destruction, it brought, it brought brokenness, and it, 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 it has scarred God's world forever. And sin breaks God's heart. Thirdly, the Bible says that sin equals death. Before there was sin, there was no death. Before there was sin, we, we, we were in perfect relationship with God and we would have life in Him forever. But the Bible tells us that sin equals death. The wages of sin is death. That we are cut off from God because of our sin. That He cannot, sinfulness, darkness cannot dwell where there is pure light and love. And sin causes us to be separated from God and... We deserve judgment to be separated and cut off from Him. But the Bible also says, sorry, going back to the Bible, the Bible is God's Word and we need to understand that it's not just some book. It's God's Word to us and, and hundreds upon probably thousands of times that there is, God's Word has been spoken, it's been written down and then it's been fulfilled. It's not just a book. It is God's Word that is true and it, it, it is His authority to us. And number four, the Bible says that Jesus came to save us from sin. 
that we don't have to suffer that eternal death because of our sin. Jesus came to pay our death penalty so that we could be set free, that we could be released because Jesus has already paid the price for our sin. And now we have a choice. It says anyone who calls on his name, anyone who repents, who turns away from their sin and turns to him, who says, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I want to live for you. I want to honor you with my life. You will be set free. You will have eternal life. You can have a relationship with God today. And that's point number five. It's the response is a necessary part of the gospel. We can't just go on saying, yep, God's good, He's loving, and just live our own life of, of ignoring God and disobeying Him. There's a response that must happen, and it's our choice. There's five quick points about the gospel, and if you could, if you may struggle to explain the gospel, I encourage you, write down those five points. God, sin, the Bible, Jesus, response. It's just a tool to help you be able to explain that. We're called to always be ready to give a, a reason for the hope that we have. Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, says this, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's been sharing this whole message of the gospel with the people. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? So maybe it's like this person that you've just shared those five points with and said, Brothers, sister, friend, what should I do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. It says Peter continued preaching for a long time and over 3,000 people were saved and, and baptized on that day. And it goes on in verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, made in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Point number three, if we want to be people who proclaim the love of God, we need to realize that as we love God, He does the work. It's as we love God that God works through us to change lives. It's as we love God, as we love His church, as, as we live as the way He's called us to live, He does the work. It's not by might or by power, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our clever words, it's not by our strength, it's not by our persuasive methods of planting Bibles and Bible verses in just the right place, as, as much as God can use those things. It's as we love God that He does the work. You, you read the book of Acts, and, and I love that passage in Acts 2 that we've just read. I think it's a, a picture of what the New Testament church is, is called to look like. That we discover who Jesus is, we discover the wonder of who He is, we are filled with awe and love for Him. 
that we devote ourselves to the Word of God. We devote ourselves to being encouraged and encouraging and caring for one another to worship and to prayer. That we live as the body He's desired us to be. And it says the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. I think a, a healthy tree grows. A healthy body grows. A healthy church grows. And I think it's not by the, the clever programs that we might come up with. It's as we love God and love one another that God grows His church. People around you can't help but see the love of God in you if we are truly loving God. God grows His church. It's His church and He's the one who does the work as we are faithful to His call. Have we repented and turned to God? You know, we can't be used by God to proclaim the love of God if we haven't yet received the love of God. He offers His forgiveness. He offers His love to you. But we must turn away from that thing that we're living for and turn to Him if we are going to receive that gift of salvation that He has for us. We must turn away from sin and selfishness and turn to Him to receive that love that He has for us. And secondly, are we committed to His body? Are we living that life like the New Testament church, committed to the local body, encouraging those and sharing all that we have? It's like we, we, we want to be a body that cares for one another. We want to be a body that values each other and protects one another. Are we doing these things? He says, repent and be baptised. And I want to encourage you to be baptised if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. If you have not been baptised... I believe baptism is a step of obedience and not just something we should pray about when we get, become a Christian. It's a command of God to be baptised once you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. I want to encourage you. And if you haven't, but you want to be, we're going to say, woohoo! You go, girl. You go, guy. And let us know and we'll baptise you as soon as we can. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. God added to their number those who were being saved. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20 says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you have repented of your sin, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you know He's your Lord and Saviour, you have received that gift of salvation and His love, this is for you. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you are a true Christian, this is for you. Your calling is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptise in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them every command He's given us, and know this, that he, <coughs> excuse me, He's with you as you go. This is our calling for every believer of Christ Jesus. That's why we did a whole series on discipleship last year. We, we, we gave you some tools and I want to encourage you to, to, if you've lost your copy, get another copy of that Firm in the Faith booklet to go through with people to, to help you to go about that task that God has given you of making disciples. It's not just up to the pastor. Please don't leave it up to me. God has called us as a church, as His disciples to go and make disciples to teach them and help them to live the life he's called for them number four this morning 
I want to encourage you, if we want to be people who proclaim the love of God, I want to encourage you to ask God to lead you. You know, sometimes people come to me, come to me and say, Pastor Andrew, this is in a really broad way, what should I do with my life? And I say, go and pray and ask him to tell you, because I don't want to. <laughs> the Bible tells us some, some principles of how to live, but God has made every one of us different and unique. God has positioned you in a place where no one else in this world is living and doing life right now. We look in 1 Corinthians and it talks about how remain as you were when you were saved. It talks about slaves, continue to, to be the best slave you can be in that place, but if you get the chance to be free, go for it too. He says if you're, if you're a free person, keep being free, but realize that you're a slave to Christ. He says use whatever opportunity you, are, you have in the place that you're in. If you're working in a hospital, be Jesus in that hospital. If you're working in a school, be Jesus in that school. If you're going to school, be Jesus in that school. You know, I, I stopped doing schools ministry as a 22-year-old because I felt God calling me to come and help the youth guys to realize that they're doing schools ministry every single day. We don't have to start a schools ministry. We've got schools ministries happening in every school in Colac. Praise God. God has called you for a unique calling and purpose, and He wants to lead you. If we want to be people, if we want to be a church that proclaims the love of God, it starts with each of us saying, God, how can you use me? How do you want to use me? What's your plans for me, Lord? How can I be a little bit more in line with the plans you have for me? I want to read one final passage, and I'm going to ask the band to come. In Ezekiel chapter 36, and I'll read this to you. And I know this passage is, is talking to the people of Israel. They're in captivity in Babylon. But I believe there's, there's a word here for us to hear and understand this morning too. It says, Therefore give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back. I just want to pause. I want to say, I wonder what God wants to bring you back to. He wanted to bring the people of Israel back into the promised land that they could enjoy the blessings of the promises that he had made for them. They had broken, they, they, they had disobeyed his commands, they had been sent off into captivity that, that they might learn from their mistakes, that they might cry out to God again. But his desire is always to restore. His desire is that we would understand our sinfulness and be broken for our sin, that we might know again the promises of his love he says i am bringing you back but not because you deserve it i'm doing it to protect my holy name and i think sometimes we need a revelation that this life is not just about me my life is not about me my life i, I exist because god created me to declare his praise i'm not doing it because you deserve it, I'm doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you are scattered among the nations. You know, if we are scattered, it brings shame on the name of God. God help us to be unity in unity with one another. Verse 23, I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you, before their very eyes, says the Sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. And I praise God that right now among the nations there are people that are praising God for your love for one another and for them 
and for the gospel going out because of the way we were able to pray and partner with people in other nations. It was as Israel came back into the promised land and saw his faithfulness to them that the nations would know. But God can use us to declare it to the nations also. And he goes on in verse 24. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. He wanted to bring Israel home, but he wants to bring you home into eternity with him also. Verse 25, then I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And you will live not just exist, but you will live in Israel. The land I gave your ancestors long ago. You know, God wants to give us life that we wouldn't just exist, but they would live in relationship and unity with God. And you will be my people and I will be your God. I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops of grain and I will send you, send no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvests from your fruit trees and fields and never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at the land for its famines. You know, it should break our heart the way some people view the church of Jesus Christ. It should break our heart when we see people just say, oh, the church, they're full of hypocrites. God, let us be people that love God and love His people that we would stand to, to repair the image of the church. We're not perfect, but God, help us that people would not scoff at his church. Verse 31, Then you will remember your past sins and despise yourselves for the detestable things you did. But remember, says the Sovereign Lord, I am not doing this because you deserve it. Oh, my people of Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all that you have done. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, When I cleanse you from your sins, I will repopulate your cities and the ruins will be rebuilt. Maybe your life's been in ruins, but God can rebuild. The fields that used to lie empty and desolate in plain view of everyone will again be farmed. There's a fruitfulness, there's a life that God wants to restore and bring into our lives and His church across the world. That we would live, that we would have the life of God flowing through us, that God would bring in all those who are being saved day by day and week by week. And verse 35, and when I bring you back, people will say, this form of wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities have now strong walls and are filled with people. Lord, let every church in this nation that's been built for your glory be filled with people declaring the praises of Jesus. Amen. Verse 36, then the surrounding nations that survive will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I say. And just to finish off, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am ready to hear Israel's prayers and to increase their numbers like a flock. They will be as numerous as the sacred flocks that fill Jerusalem streets at the time of her festivals. The ruined cities will be crowded with people once more, and everyone will know that I am the Lord. 
Let's pray that God's people will return to Him, that they will know, that they will cry out in the streets of Jerusalem that God is the, Jesus is the Saviour of the world. Let's pray that way. But you know, I also believe this morning that God wants to bring life to us and He is saying to us this morning, I am ready to hear your prayer. What are you praying? I wonder what is the cry of your heart? Is there a burden in your heart for anything in His kingdom? He is ready to hear your prayer. And this morning, I want to finish our time this morning by just having some time of prayer and saying, God, maybe you just need to say, God, forgive me for my sinfulness. Forgive me for my pride. Lord, I am ashamed of the sinful things I've done. Lord, forgive me. Lord, turn me around. Move me on from these things. Maybe this morning your prayer is, Lord, I've grown stale. I love you. But God, to be honest, my prayers have almost dried up. Ask God to stir your heart again for Him. Ask God to stir your heart again for the people around you that they might know the hope of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to let the band play quietly. And I, I want to ask you, please, Cry out to Him. I'm not going to pray this prayer for you. We're just going to leave it for a few minutes just to let you pray. He is ready to hear your prayer. prayer has been for, for different ones and your, your heart breaks for those ones that are lost just ask God what his steps for you are God I just pray this morning that you would bring boldness to our tongues that Lord our hearts would be filled with a sense and knowledge of your love. And Lord, our, our, we will be filled with boldness to declare respectfully and with love and gentleness, with humility, but Lord, that we would not hold back, that we would faithfully proclaim the hope we have in you. your prayer what's your prayer thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus God's speaking to you maybe you need to write down some things he's saying to you feel free to write it on your care card and just take it home that's, that's free for you to take <laughs> If you need it, if God's speaking to you about something He wants you to do, I encourage you to write it down. 
In the Old Testament, God said to his people, write down the message, let it be clear, let it be known. If God's speaking to you, don't just ignore it, write it down. Let that vision be, remain, faith, remain clear in your eyes that when you go home next week, that you'll remember what he's speaking to you right now. He's ready to hear your prayer, but are we ready to hear his voice to us this morning? God, we pray that everyone we know would know the hope you have, Lord God, for them. God, you created the world and you loved us. Jesus, you so loved the world that you came and gave yourself upon the cross for sinners like me. Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you to you this morning. Lord, we know, we, we, we thank you that, Lord, your heart is for every person to know your love for them. Lord, we pray for this city that you would help us to be the people you created us to be, to love you, to love one another. Lord, we pray that you would bring people in by your spirit. Lord, that you would bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here today and you're, you've never made that decision or maybe you've made that decision but you've wandered away, and you want to say this morning, I want to give my life back to Jesus Christ. I want to turn away from sin and I want to come follow Him. You can make that decision right now. Give your life back into His hands. He loves you. He doesn't hold your past against you, but He just longs for you to come to Him to receive that gift He has for you. as I finish, I just want to say we want to be a church that love God, that love His Word and love all people. God help us to, to be that individually because we can't be that as a church if we individually don't seek to be that ourselves. We're going to sing this song now. You might like to just stay seated just talking, doing time with God by yourself. Maybe this morning there's something you want prayer for. Feel free to come forward as if you'd like prayer for that this morning. We want to be a people who care for one another. When one struggles, we struggle with you. But let's give God the praise He deserves because He is our hope. He is our strength. Andrew will fail, but God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. Even when we are unfaithful, we struggle. He remains faithful. Feel free, if you'd like to stay seated, just do that as you spend time with God. If you'd like to stand, you can stand. And let's sing of His goodness and love for us.